I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The following is a paid program. All right. Good Saturday afternoon, everybody. I am Rich Orris, Senior Home Consultant with Mosby Building Arts and your host of Right at Home with Rich every Saturday right here on the greatest station in St. Louis, News Talk 97.1 FM. So thanks for tuning in today. And I am really excited today because for the next hour, You can call in with your design questions. Yes, on this very special show, we've got not one, but two design experts with me today and a very special event upcoming this week that we're going to be kind of talking about that you won't want to miss. But for today, call in with your design questions. The number you need, 314-241-241. 9797. And keep in mind when you call in, you're eligible for that $25 Stephanina's gift card giveaway. I fell in love with Stephanina's over 18 years ago. And I mean to tell you, if you haven't tried their baked cavatelli, call in today, win this gift card, and bam, free baked cavatelli for you. I'm telling you, you will absolutely love it. Make sure you leave us your phone number so we can contact you if you're the big winner. Again, write it down, 314-241-9797. And as always, halfway through the show, I'll unveil another ride-at-home hack. I've got a what I think will be a nice design hack here today that hopefully can include my guests a little bit with me, so you don't want to miss this one. So for today, my guests, they're both members of the American Society of Interior Design, They're hosting an event, a unique industry event, on Wednesday, August 14th. You're going to want to stick around because I'm going to let them explain what it all is and the correlation between your health and your wellness in the spaces that you live and work. But feel free to give us a call and ask us any design questions about that. One more time, 314-241-9797. So I can't delay this any longer. I'm so super excited. Joining me today I have Michelle Banks and Kimberly Ruther. How are you both doing today? Fantastic. Great. Awesome. Awesome. So I really appreciate you guys coming out on a Saturday and, you know, taking some of your time up and and going through all of this. But I feel like we've got such a great topic here with what um, they do at this event and everything, not just what you guys do as a whole, but what this event is about and everything. Um, so we can we can get into that in, in a little bit, but what I'd kind of like to do is just go over just a little personal stuff with, with the both of you. So we flipped a quarter before the show, and uh, Michelle won the toss and, and opted to receive. So <laughs> I'm going to start with you, Michelle, that um, 
Just give me a little background. I, I hear you own your own business and mm-hmm. you kind of came from Chicago and some stuff. So right. can you just kind of go over your background? What got you into the industry and, and kind of what are you doing in there today? Well, I um, my I actually went to college and got a marketing degree because my parents who are listening <laughs> wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't allow me to go to college for an interior design degree. Um, but I but I ended up moving to um, Denver and then Milwaukee, and I decided I, I had to do this. So just a few years later, I went back and got my design degree, um, and I immediately joined ASID in uh, in Wisconsin, actually, and I've been involved with them for 26 years in one capacity or another. I've chaired showcase houses. I've been on boards. I've been all over the place. Uh, but yeah, 20 years ago, I moved to Chicago and I had a daughter and uh, I got divorced. So I decided to open my own business, uh, Michelle Banks Interiors. And I have worked up there, for, like I said, for 20 years and just moved down here two years ago. So I'm kind of a newbie down here in St. Louis. Oh, awesome. Well, hey, this St. Louis is a great area. Don't believe some of the stuff that you read. It is really small, quaint. Everyone kind of knows everybody. It's really a nice place to be, I think. I'm I don't know, it's hard for me. I've been here for my whole life, so yeah. um, haven't really been other than visiting too too many other places. But it, it really is, you know, a really nice small little uh, quaint area and everything. Um, so, Kimberly, is Kim okay, or what? What do you like to be called? I do like to be called Kimberly. <laughs> oh, okay, awesome. So I'm going to go with Kimberly. Then I have a I have a client. Her name's Kimberly. And she is, um, that's, she likes to be called Kimberly too for, that's kind of funny, but she's one of my favorite clients. We've done so much work for her and everything. So, um, but so what do you specialize in and everything and where did you come from and how did you get into all this? So I actually started, um, drawing quote unquote floor plans of my bedroom when I was eight years old and rearranging my furniture. <laughs> my dad <laughs> is a carpenter by trade. And I've always been around the home building industry. Um, and I just kind of knew at a young age, this is kind of what I wanted to do and, and um, shadowed somebody who was in junior in high school, actually. So I got my degree in interior design, um, bachelor in interior design, and um, worked for a couple of local firms doing residential and commercial work. And then I moved to California. I lived in San Diego for a few years and did model homes. And um, that was pretty fun and exciting. But I moved back here about 15 years ago and started my own business and do mainly residential, some small commercial work. Awesome. That's, uh, so, sounds kind of like, um, kind of my background growing up, getting into working with my father and stuff like that. Um, but, but I will tell a quick little story, um, on kind of like what you guys do. So when, when my son was in high school, he had like a high school level kind of architectural class, and he had to lay out a house and, you know, it had rules that it had to be three bedrooms and had to have this and a door off the back kitchen and the kitchen had to be so big. And so, so I sat down with him and I thought, well, this is going to be easy because I could build this place, much less draw it on a piece of paper. Right. And it was not that easy to fit it in the lot, in the footprint, and, you know, the kitchen ended up being too small, and you're like, but the kitchen has to be this big. What am I taking away from? How am I doing this? And it turned out to be extensively harder than I would have ever imagined when we first sat down, because I thought, this is what I do for a living. You know, I could hang the drywall in it. I could tape and mud it. Why can't I draw this thing out? And so you guys got your work cut out for you. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, we uh, have a two day long exam that we have to take to become professional ASID members called the NCIDQ. And one of the things that we have to do, we, we don't know what we're going to get. Is it a restaurant? Is it a building? Is it a residential? Oh, wow. And sometimes they even combine it. So we have to know all of the building code and everything else um, involved with all of that. And you have to space plan it within, I don't know what we have, like an hour or two, something like that. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I would probably fail that, yeah, you know, yeah. that quick. Most, most people <laughs> yeah. do. Most people do. Yeah. It sounds pretty hard. Um, but no, so that's, it's amazing what goes into all that. Even just, even if the room's there fitting furniture and different stuff, I can imagine it's got to not be that easy. It's you like know? putting a puzzle together. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what we're going to do is let's, we'll get into our first break here. If you have any interior design questions any remodeling questions for me anything going on give us a call 314-241-9797 today is your day for that interior design do not miss out and get in on that gift card and we'll get into that association and everything when we return and find out what that's about all right we are back and uh this hour is going to go fast so if you have any design questions for both my guests we got double the pleasure here today this is like double mint gum or whatever you will get your answers to today on your design i guarantee you give us a shout 314-241-9797 if you're far away over in Illinois, 866-455-9797. And so um, before we get into that association and everything, and, and we can talk a little bit about our sponsorship and the things happening in that event, I'm going to jump here. We've got our first call on the line. Uh, Peggy is on the line, and you have a question about a loft area, Peggy? Right. I have a small fishing cabin, 14 by 16, on my lake. And it is awesome, but I need a way to get to the loft without having it look like a clumsy ladder. And I was thinking, I don't know, a tree trunk, just something. I live in the country. So something kind of primitive. Okay. You guys uh, done any primitive work (laughs) out in the country lately? Got any ideas on... That one's difficult. A ladder for sure. a loft. Yeah. Well, I um, going straight up, there are only so many ways you can do it. I If if you can go a little bit more horizontal, one of the things you can do is actually use um, half-split logs going up um, and, and make it into a staircase. But it sounds like you might not have that kind of room. Um, you might be able to do like... Um, Think of a tree house, how you'd like nail the the boards onto a tree trunk. So if you did have like a a decent sized tree trunk, you could get in there and kind of put the ladder on the trunk and and make it look like you're kind of climbing to a tree house. That might be kind of neat. Yeah, even if I had, they don't have to be total steps. I mean, they Mm -hmm. can just be, you know, like little enough to put your foot on. Because it's not a traumatic climb. I have a pitched roof, but uh, I have a library ladder. They take up too much room. And I thought, could I put something on a wall by itself? I'd probably still angle it a little bit yeah. just to, you know, if, if 
if you could angle it out off that wall a little bit, just to not right. be actually straight up and down, it's going to make it a lot easier, easier to get absolutely. up there. Um, well, it looked better. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I kind of, you know, I would think about the, if there's somebody out that way that could come up with an idea with that tree trunk, I'm sure it sounds like you got a lot of trees around you that probably come down all the time. And if they could, you know, trees grow kind of crooked all the time anyway, so it might right. have a little slope to it anyways. And, and put that from the floor to the, you know, floor of the loft and then attach something on there to kind of give it maybe some thick branches or, you know, something like that. Give it that real outdoorsy look like I'm climbing up to my tree house. We need those tree house builder guys. Have you seen them <laughs> on the DIY show where they build those crazy oh, tree houses yeah. and everything? Mm -hmm, exactly. Someone like that yeah, would come I up mean, with something. They'd probably do it all the time. Well, I, how safe is it to put a dead tree inside? I mean, do you have to worry about bugs or anything? Oh, I would think I would not think they would too be much. You yeah. could get it treated before you put it yeah, in. Yeah, there. Exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah, get it get it treated, kind of coated and soaked in and all that. And, and, yeah, you wouldn't have to worry too much about that if it's done correctly. I would probably actually recommend, Peggy, um, if, you, if you look for, um, even on maybe YouTube or just search the guidance stuff, for that show where those these guys actually build like really cool, crazy tree houses, you will probably see something on one of those episodes that would would show you something that would be really neat. Or go to house and kind of I don't know what you'd search though. What do you think you'd search to try and find something like that, like loft ladders or? Yeah. Well, the other thing is I think um, there's a lot of the small space living, all the people that are um, yeah. building into like these 300 square foot trailers, and they've tiny got homes. Those yeah tiny the homes. tiny homes. Yeah. They have some really creative. I've seen like bookcases and things that are stairs that don't really look like stairs. Yes. I knew you all would do this to me. I don't have a computer. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! But I, I, you know, I get log cabin magazines, and I haven't seen anything. You know, interesting. It just yeah. doesn't take up a lot of room because it's small, but it's awesome. It overlooks the lake. I've got a eagle's nest up in a tree across the lake and uh okay yeah I'll so try the tree i i like an irregular shape rather than yeah you know, yeah yeah and and if you if you have time one day go go to uh like a local library, jump online and, right. you know, search, yeah, Google do. search like tiny home stairs and stuff like that. You'll probably find all kinds of stuff. So, mm -hmm. all okay. right, Peggy, hopefully okay, that was helpful for you. you. I'll give it a try. Thanks all right. a lot. No okay. problem. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling. And uh, I'm just going to get right into uh, Tim here. Tim, you have a bathroom question for us? Hi, Rich. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um I've got a master bath that I want to remodel. It's in a ranch home. Um, there's some plumbing that I want to move around in in the bathroom. Uh, the uh, the basement below the bathroom is finished, so it's you know it's drywall. It's got a drywall ceiling. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't want to if I can avoid it. I don't want to go through that ceiling down below. Um, if I can, I'd like to move that plumbing. Um, okay. So 
get access that plumbing through the bathroom itself, maybe pull up, I don't know, maybe pull up the subfloor. You know, I, I don't know. Um, do yeah. you guys have any thoughts on that? You, you can't get to it through the subfloor, um, but a lot of times it's just easier through the drywall below and then patch and, you know, paint below. But I do realize sometimes we get into that where, you know, it's one big giant ceiling and to do a four foot patch, you got to paint a 45 foot ceiling. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, you could go either way. The only thing I would probably recommend is occasionally when we do go through the subfloor, we run into stuff there where we end up needing to go through the drywall anyways to get low enough on that stack to connect and stuff like that. So sometimes we give the effort to not hurt the drywall ceiling and then end up in the middle of the project just needing to and doing it anyway. And then you're kind of going at it twice where you're like, oh, wow, I should have just done the drywall you know, in the first place. Um, yeah, the, the the stack. I don't know if it had to move. I'm more I'm more talking about supply lines. Oh, okay. Um, so um, yeah, supply lines you should have pretty good luck with from the subfloor side. If you're not moving, you know, a lot of the drains around real far and stuff like that. That yeah, you can take the subfloor up and go through there. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, I just I guess. I guess I just cut uh, cut the the subfloor where I need to. I mean, I don't have to pull up a whole sheet. I just cut it where I need yeah, to. Yeah, you can cut it out where you need to. And a lot of times, what what we do is because um, you're kind of you break the floor joist in the center with that you know plywood in order to to nail the both sides of the seam and everything. So for the most part, what we do is. You just cut alongside of that floor joist where your your old plywood, existing plywood on the floor will still cover that entire floor joist. And then you just put a nailer, what we would call like a nailer, onto the side of that floor joist. Nail it, glue it, screw it, bolt it real good, um, real tight. It doesn't necessarily have to be as big as that floor joist. It could be like a 2 by 6 and run that across there, attach it real well. Okay, and then that'll yeah. give you a full inch and a half to attach your new plywood to because it's real hard to cut that plywood, you know, straight down the center of that floor joist. And there's usually nails and screws in there that you got to try and get out of the way. So we just go over three quarters of an inch, go along the side and then, you know, attach something to the side to help you get your new plywood on there. So sound good. Good trick. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. All right. Hey, no problem. Great question. I appreciate the call, Tim. And uh, we we do got some calls rolling in here, but we have uh, a, a mandatory break here that that happens um, at twelve thirty. So we'll get to that and take some calls and get into my hack when we return. All right, we are back, and uh, I think. I'm going to hang on to my hack for a minute, and I'm going to get to Robert so that we don't have him waiting on the uh, the line too long here. Let's see if we can get through you. Robert, you have a question for us? Yes, I do, Rich. Thank you. Hey, thank my you question, for calling in. Yeah, my question is I'm remodeling two bathrooms. And I have a contractor doing it, and um, I'm picking out a bunch of the stuff that he's recommending. What's the what's the best thing to go with as far as the fixtures in the bathroom for like doorknobs and for 
uh, faucets and for shower stuff? I mean, is it brushed nickel? Is it oil rub bronze? I mean, what's the what's the best thing to go with that's longest lasting and not trendy? That's that's a great question. One we get all the time. Um, what do you guys? You got some? Obviously, you'll have some input on this one. Well, uh, the classic actually is chrome. That'll just never go out of style. You can't go wrong with it. Um, oil rub bronze is kind of going out now. It's kind of had its, had its heyday. Uh, the brushed nickel seems to be hanging on for a little while longer, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I so I, I would probably stick with either one of those, chrome or the or brushed, brushed nickel. nickel. Yeah, I'm sorry. You said the brushed nickel or the chrome. Correct. Perfect. Great. They, they recommended the brushed nickel. I had another one recommend the, the, the classic chrome. So you, you, you think they're both okay? They're both okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Thanks for your help. You're welcome. Hey, thanks for Bye. your call, Robert. That was a very good question. And, and something that we definitely talk about and worry about, you know, quite often is, and people are concerned that I don't want to pick something, you know, com- completely trendy and, you know, that I'm going to wish I didn't have it, you know, in 10 years or something like that. They want something that's going to work and last and, you know, not uh, have to change too soon and building for quality, building to last. And yeah, you want your, your design options to last with you. So speaking of design options, I'm going to get into my, my right at home hack here. Cause I, so for today with, with the interior design and all this, this thought in mind, I, I came up with some around the home design ideas um, that are kind of kind of clever clever things that you can do. Um, and you know, everyone is always looking for different. They're looking for clever, unique, you know, design ideas that not everybody has. Um, and and then of course they're always looking for it not to cost a fortune if it can't. So. Um, so here's a few ideas that I came up with um, for, you know, taking care of some of these these issues around the house. So one that I saw that I thought I've seen us do and, and I thought was really, really cool was using old doorknobs for hanging towels. So you can, you know, take the old, like the glass doorknobs or the brass with kind of the plate that has the skeleton key looking lock thing on it. And you can line like three or four of them on a wall and hang a towel over it. Or you could put one kind of Azure towel ring near the sink at the wall to uh, hang a hand towel on. I thought that was a really out of the box, cool idea. Um, another one was a dry erase board for your kitchen. So instead of just, you know, your, your standard kind of ugly white dry erase board with the little thing on the bottom, they took a frame, just a just a really neat picture frame, and they put a piece of fabric behind the glass, and then you get a contrasting marker, like a light fabric in a, in a dark, you know, dry erase marker, and you can write your grocery list items and things like that right on the glass, wipe it off, start again. So that was a really neat way to kind of have that board for everybody where it just doesn't look like this whiteboard in your in your kitchen space. And, and one of my personal favorites that we do all the time, I actually just saw this on a project yesterday in a, in a basement. Um, we, we hung a, uh, a board with a frame and everything over some controls for some landscaping lights and stuff. But taking a painting 
and hinging it. Install a couple of hinges on the side of the painting, attach it to the wall, and then you could cover up all those unsightly things in your house, like the alarm key box. Um, an old, maybe you have an old intercom system that you don't really use anymore that you don't want to go through all the steps of drywall and all the things. Just kind of put it right, right over that, and you can hinge and get to it and everything. Um, you could do that with a safe if you're if you're putting a safe in the wall. Um, they they also showed a thermostat, but to me, I was kind of like, you know, I don't I don't know. I'd want to block the thermostat for the temperature and stuff like that to really make it work. It might change how your HVACs work for the home, but there's a lot of things like that you can kind of cover up and and hide in your house in, in a neat way so that you don't have to look at all those unsightly boxes and things like that. So, um, so do you guys have any thoughts or ideas or if you had any neat things like that, that you've done to kind of help, you know, people out in the past? Um, well, I, I don't know why this came into my brain, but, uh, doing little boys rooms and using a skateboard without the wheels on it for the side table for the bed is one of my ideas. And, um, and then that leads me to the next one, which is, uh, you can cantilever sort of a box off of the wall as your end table if you don't have a lot of floor space. So you can kind oh, of yeah. make your own. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So, so yeah, so some good ideas just around the house stuff. And I invite everybody to tune in every week. If you're looking for information on these hacks, I do one every Saturday. You can find them on my uh, Facebook page, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, just, just look Rich Oris Mosby or, um, at Rich Oris for Twitter. And you can find all this stuff. You can go into, um, 971's website and get to all the podcasts of all the past shows and, uh, hear them that way. But tune in every week. I will have a different hack for you. Hopefully they are helpful for everybody. I really enjoyed today's getting you guys involved. That was really cool. Um, so, but let's get a little bit into why we're here because we haven't gotten to touch on too much yet. And um, we're sponsors uh, at Mosby of the uh, American Society of Interior Designers. And uh, Michelle, I think you're like the president-elect? President-elect. Okay. Awesome. So can you guys just kind of touch on what is that all about? What does that, what do they do? And, and, you know, what's it all about for everybody? Well, ASID is a professional organization, much like the American Medical Association is for doctors, but it, this one's for interior designers, and it was founded in 1975. And um, our members practice everything from residential, commercial, healthcare, education, hospitality, you name it, we, we do it. Um, the national organization has... Um, advance the profession of interior design at an international level. So we partner with international uh, associations as well. And our local chapter uh, just has a bunch of very talented members. Awesome. So why, what's, what would the importance be or how would you help out homeowners? You know, what's the importance of a homeowner looking for someone in a, you know, organization like the ASID? So, on? yeah, so ASID's mantra is design impacts lives. Um, that's really what we're trained to do is enhancing our clients' quality of life. We do more than just aesthetic enhancements. We're seeking to make their space, whether it's commercial or residential, tailored to their specific needs and, and make it more functional and um, a better place for them. So that's kind of 
one aspect. So, yeah. So it sounds like a lot of education, a lot of smart people and, you know, making sure you're, you're getting to the right smart people that have the right qualifications right. and everything. Resources. Yeah. Yeah. And resources to help you out. So, um, so this event that's on Wednesday, um, I, I love the, the well building stuff. I, you know, there, there's a lot we could get into that, but let's, let's start just with the event. What's it about? What do people get out of it? Can anybody, you know, attend this thing? And, you know, tell us a little bit about this event this Wednesday. Well, the, the event is actually, um, and it's kind of an industry event. It's, it's, we have are required to do continuing education units, Mm -hmm. um, every year. So this is a CEU and actually, um, it's going to be, a um, overview of the well building standard and then actually the version two pilot which is coming out right now so the well building standard was developed about five years ago and it is actually um, a way to I guess um, develop um, a criteria for buildings residential commercial multifamily hospitality to increase the health and well buildingness of the occupants of the building so instead of about how the like lead was concerned about how the building was constructed and yeah. and how far the materials were coming from and this is about you know your indoor air quality your um, proximity to plants your um, water light. nourishment light mm-hmm. all the different all the different things that you think of in just your your personal well being so how how does the space make the occupants succeed or feel or you know thrive yeah. basically in each of those and so that's what well is about and it's mainly for commercial. And developed for commercial because that's kind of where new movements in design start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's all coming towards residential, and it actually is something that we're already doing on a residential level, anyways. With the global health and food movement, we're already thinking more about wellness in our spaces. So this is kind of, you know, adapting those principles and, and criteria to a residential space. So we're kind of this. The event is to kind of talk about both avenues, how it applies to commercial and residential projects. Okay, and so and so everybody there in the the organization would get continuing education credits, credits. Mm-hmm. For, for attending, for attending and yeah. learning and and that's awesome you know because we do a lot of that so at mosby we think often you know more about safety and, and that sort of thing is you know how safe are you in your home and you know doing uh like blower door test and making sure right. things are you know good to scientific end but the wellness end really is is pretty cool because it is something that I, I you know kind of overlooked as far as you know do you have enough windows do you have you know mm-hmm. things like that that you really need um, you, you just yeah we haven't well, thought and, and as we, much on that and with something like I already have clients that have you know that, that are very conscious about how much. Um, volatile organic compounds or VOCs are being off-gassed into their space just by their yeah. furnishings and, you know, and or people that have very specific allergies and sensitive to lots of different things. So there's already a lot that we're looking at in our materials and how we're constructing this. So this is just kind of taking it the next step further. So Cool. Awesome. So I think we'll get into our final break here. Um, Robert is actually back with us. Robert, if you could hold the line, we'll come back and get your second question when we uh, return. All right, we're back. This is it. Final segment. I'm going to get straight to Robert. He's He's got another question for us. Um, thanks yeah. for uh, calling back. What do, you, what do you need? 
Yeah, I, I forgot to ask your guest another question. I got so excited about being on the radio. Anyway, um, the other question is, I've got a, a, a tub in one of my bathrooms I'm remodeling that's uh, it's an old it's an older color. It's a bisque color. I, w- I wanted to know what your guest thought about um, doing a tub glazing versus a replacement to change the color from bisque to white. Do you believe in glazing? Um, I I do believe in glazing, but usually only if it's like a really really heavy like cast iron kind of a thing that's really hard to get out. Um, otherwise, I think it's they they do tend to to chip in my opinion. Um, uh, so so replacement for me would be my number one option. Okay. Um, how, how old's your house? Uh, twenty five years old. Okay, so you got a newer tub that would probably be e- just as easy to replace. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. What's what's the, the cost difference between a, a glazing versus a I may I may just be leaving the house in the next year or so. I'm not going to be staying here for a long time, but I don't want to leave someone with a you know with a a bad deal either. So, is there what's the cost delta between a replace and a glaze? I would say probably probably about double the cost. I mean, if glazing is you know a thousand give or take, your tub's probably going to be two you know give or take with the plumber and everything that you need ish something like that. Gotcha. Okay. You know, just for that one particular piece of the bathroom. Um, but, but yeah, I would, you know, the, what I always warn people about glazing is um, it really depends on, you know, use and the value that you're going to get out of it. And if it's a highly, highly used bathroom, if it's the hall bath, you know, centered in three bedrooms, then I would probably replace. If it's one that doesn't get used that much, then it's going to last longer and not wear out as fast. And, and you might consider, you know, reglazing. But honestly, you're you're probably in, you probably have a, a, either a steel or acrylic tub that shouldn't be that bad to change out. It's, it's totally a guest bathroom. I mean, I mean, probably used four times a year. Yeah, then your glazing is going to last pretty well. You know, okay, in that thanks. situation. So, appreciate it. Yeah. Thank okay. you very much. No problem. Thanks. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling back. Appreciate the call. Um, so, and so now what I, what I would like to kind of touch a little more on this well building because I find this stuff fascinating too is, you know, what are some of the other things that are in that well building standard, you know, that you guys kind of focus on? Uh, well, I'll I'll start with the example of our our uh, ASID headquarters, which is actually in Washington D.C., and um, it it is actually well building platinum certified, which is the highest level you can get. But some of the interesting things that I saw there, I visited it last year, um, were the light sensors, and they had light sensors on the exterior that sensed where the sun was and so it raised and lowered the shades along with the raising and lowering of the sun so that it didn't you know nobody got a glare inside Uh, and then there were also light sensors on the inside of the building uh, so that uh, the lights would raise when it was when it was a cloudy day or lower when it was a sunny day so it kind of kept everything uh, stable but also the lighting is uh, is um, tuned to our circadian rhythm 
So the lighting on the interior matched the lighting on the exterior at, at all times during the day. And it would just slowly change during the day. And I thought that was just totally fascinating. Um, they have really sophisticated water and air filters. And in fact, they had a screen on the wall so that we could see everything that they were measuring. And that included uh, not only the oxygen level, but the CO2 levels. It uh, tracked, you know, ozone. It tracked... Uh, any kind of particle you could think of. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and it would be on there. And they kept the humidity at a certain level as well. Um, and then uh, and then their, their whole big thing is they want you to be active and not sedentary. So there were uh, dust tops that would raise and lower, depending on whether you wanted to stand or sit. There were uh, different areas that were um, adapted for different uses. Uh, you know, in, in small groups or uh, working alone. Some people had desks that you could look out the window, but you could choose what you wanted to do each day. You could go anywhere you wanted to. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, they they also had something fascinating, which were treadmill desks. So you would actually do your work oh, yeah. as you were walking on the treadmill. I thought that was incredible. That uh, is incredible. Also... That's great. Yeah, for us, <laughs> for those of us that sit all day. Exactly. Yeah, that's really Which awesome. Which is most of us. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and then also using furnitures, furnish, finishings and furniture that do not off-gas all the uh, harmful chemicals is, is a huge thing in there. But well building goes into so many more things that, you know, there are about a hundred different levels of things that you're looking at, but they get into things like business travel and you get the option of whether you take a red eye or not uh, to family leave. They get into all wow. parts of well-being in the so, building. So how can, because we, we have a division that we've started called Build Partner where we're right. working with some other architects and designers mm-hmm. and, and, you know, being the the best builder for their projects because we design and build. So we're like, why don't we offer this to other people? Right. Um, Cause it is such a great service and everything. But so how can other architects and, and homeowners and just, you know, others out there find out more information about this? Well, you can go to wellcertified.com. Uh, or you can get the Build Well app, which is on, you know, Google and Android. Or you can go to the ASID.org website and there's information on there for all of it. Uh, the I found the app especially helpful because it does have all of the criteria on there. So you can at least see what it is um, and figure out kind of what you wanted to do and what you don't. But it's, it's a great overview. Awesome. That's good. So they got an app for everything they now, do. don't they? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's Apple too. Apple and Google. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. So works on awesome. Apple devices too. That's great. So, hey, that was that was awesome. I wish we had more time. Uh, there's so much more that, that we could definitely go over, uh, you know, with all of this. But uh, I appreciate you both coming on today. Uh, taking part out of your Saturday to to help help my listeners out and get some great information out there. And I wanted to, uh, real quick before we go, remind everybody that um, we have an exterior seminar coming up, um, not too a couple weeks out. That if you go to our website callmosby.com, you can register and be a part of that seminar. And I also want to announce, I'm going to draw out of the hat here, that uh, Peggy, you are our big winner of the Stephanie's gift card. So we will call you next week and get that mailed out to you. And for everybody else, 
It's been great. I will talk to everybody next week. Stay tuned for All Around the Yard with Tony Frisella. Get more at 971talk.com.